Welcome to the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm glad to be here with you today to talk about these five ideas for improving your ministry leadership. For anybody who's serving in a church in a pastoral role or some kind of staff role, these are just some notes that I found in my phone and wanted to remember the conversations and interactions I've had with various ministry leaders from around the region and around the nation, and just thought I would share these this morning to see which ones inspire you to improve or to make a difference in your daily life today. We'll jump in in just a moment. Welcome to the Christian Life and Leadership Podcast with Tim Price. The purpose of this podcast is to help strengthen the church, build more effective leaders, and encourage your walk with the Lord. We'd be honored to have you share and rate this podcast. And if we can be of help to you, please reach out to us at timpriceblog.com slash podcast. Let's head over to today's show starting now. Well, here are five ideas that I'm going to run through quickly today on this short podcast just to in, uh, encourage you to improve your ministry leadership. And these are from phone notes that I had in my uh, phone that I just um, took note of in, in various conversations and interactions that kind of just caused me to think about how I might utilize these in my own life. The first one is to love your job. There's a big difference between someone who who loves his or her job and someone who is just doing it. And I realize that there's a lot mixed in here in terms of calling and the complicated nature of being involved in a church and and that's where your networks are and, and you may have been there a long time, all kinds of various things that might make um, figuring this out a little tougher. But one thing I know, just like David said when he said, this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what you have coming up, no matter how um, high on the mountaintop or how low in the valley you are, you need to love the opportunity you have right now to serve. And until the last day of your serving in that place, in that season, you need to give it all the gusto you have. And I've had a series of connections with people who have seemed to genuinely love their ministry jobs. And I know we can always talk with people and say, oh, yeah, this is tough, that's tough course we face challenges we face frustrations we have long hours there's a lot of hurdles there's barriers but we need to make it obvious that we love our people that we love our ministry that we love our mission and if you have to take a, a thought about that you might need to step back and, and reassess where you're at in terms of what you're doing with your ministry role the the ministries that you have happening in your church and the mission that you are on and taking our jobs seriously Truly loving the work that we're privileged to do, it really does change the outcome. I ran into somebody who was almost giddy as she talked about what she gets to do on a daily basis. And serving with her in ministry at this particular church really did wind up bringing joy to our lives as well. Her passion radiated as she interacted with our team and others in the community. And it was amazing to see how she was so excited about ministry with the next generation that many of us might consider daunting or overwhelming or impossible. And so it's possible to be in that spot where you love your ministry job. And today is a great opportunity to assess the things that you are loving about your work and to dive into that. The second one in terms of encouragement for improving your ministry is to be bold in faith. And I am really inspired when I see boldness in faith. It feels like we see it more and more in some ways, and 
a lot of ways, less and less. But it highlights the times when we are bold in our faith as Christians have to take a stand and live in a world that doesn't seem to be caring much at all about the church or or uh, Christian faith or the biblical standards. It seems like we have an opportunity to really uh, acknowledge what we believe and to share that in bold ways. And your rock-solid faith is going to inspire others to be bold in their faith. We really have nothing to lose as we share the gospel. The Bible doesn't need to be defended. The message of grace and hope in Jesus stands alone for itself. It makes a difference in the lives of people. And our challenge and call is to be bold and generous with this message. It can come up in every conversation you have. When you're talking to young adult college students who may have stepped away from church or faith, it's fine to bring up the hard-to-answer questions. Just ask them, how are you doing in faith? How is your walk with Jesus? And those kind of questions aren't meant to judge or belittle. Those questions are meant to encourage and challenge and, and water the seed and start the fire and all the different analogies that we need when sometimes we see our lives kind of fading just a bit when the habits begin to change. And we want to be bold in those questions. And not just to young adults or students or kids, but to others around us, people that we might just run into that we may never see again. What is there to lose when we are bold in our faith? Invite them to consider, think about their faith in Jesus. It could be part of a process. And as we pray for boldness and as we're willing to be bold, then we begin to see that God is using those little moments from maybe six or seven other people or places or moments that these folks might hear uh, someone speak of Jesus or faith. And there are a lot of ways to be bold. And maybe for you, it's just jumping into the big, bold end. Other times, it might be a little bit of a progression that maybe you've never told anybody in your workplace that you are part of a church. Maybe that's a bold step for you, even though it's not super bold, it's, it's bold enough and it can make a difference. Well, for pastors and ministry leaders today, bring up the question of faith every chance you get. Invite people to pray with you, invite people to consider where they're at in their walk with the Lord, and um, just share those things. Just go big because you have nothing to lose. We got to be bold in faith. The third thing for improving our ministry and leadership is to pray for a supernatural focus. And success in ministry really does come from focusing on the important things each day. And from what we believe in terms of scripture and in terms of our life, of course, we want to be living life here with a Colossians 3 mindset of setting our minds on things of heaven. And as we have that eternal focus, as we have that mindset of meeting with the Lord each day and allowing his presence to fill us as we walk through the day, um, it's going to kind of uh, change how we approach each day. The things that become most important begin to surface. And I'm not talking about uh, you know to-do lists and priorities and A, B, and C and strategy and all those things. It's just kind of the undercurrent of the eternal perspective that we're not just working with people. We have all these souls around us, that everybody's life is eternal from this moment on. And how is that going to play out in the end? And when you start thinking of the eternal side of things, the supernatural kind of focus that there are barriers and, and issues in life that, the, that Satan does prowl around like a roaring lion and, and doesn't just pull people into terrible things, but just pulls them into apathy and uncaring and stepping away and, 
and just not really thinking too hard about Jesus. Well, no matter where you are in the process of putting, putting supernatural focus to your ministry, putting the eternal kind of focus to your questions and your conversations and your, your vision and dreams, then you're going to be leaving a, a legacy of focusing on the important things. We need to desperately pray for God's guidance as we invest the hours we've been given each day. Well, the fourth thing, or let's see where we're at. One, two, three. Yeah, the fourth thing is that growth can't be the goal. And I know this might be a bit of semantics, but if you are in a church ministry and all you're thinking about is growth, then you might be stifling your opportunities to make a true difference. And I'm not saying this in terms of, oh, if you're a small church or a large church, but I've participated in many ministries where the leadership folks didn't even really speak of growth. They spoke of changed lives. They, they talked about reaching people. They kind of incessantly were thinking about reaching out. They were thinking about giving. They were thinking about generosity. They were thinking about inviting people to use their gifts to lead and to empower the body of Christ to do what they were called to do. And in a um, obvious turn of events, those things began to produce growth. Reaching out and empowering and all those things I just listed became the goal of the church and growth was the byproduct. And now the reason I say it's semantic is because I believe that, that the church does need to grow. It needs to grow deeper in faith. It needs to grow deeper in compassion. It needs to grow in God's grace and knowledge of scripture, and it needs to grow in numbers. And we need to make sure that we are um, not just kind of setting aside the numbers of people because we are concerned about uh, the perception of what that might be like. I'm confident in saying we want people to be in our church. We want to be out in the community to invite people in to be a part of the body of Christ. But I also know that a growth goal on its own is going to have trouble gaining traction. You might need to shift your goal to some other more practical steps of reaching out. What are some ways you can just be in the community of being generous? What are some needs you can meet in your community and region around you? of empowering your people. Who is it that you can ask eyeball to eyeball, face to face, over coffee, to take the helm of a ministry or an opportunity or a role in your church? Don't just put it in the bulletin and say we need people. Ask them, invite them, empower them to use their gifts to help the church be the church. So growth can't be the goal. And you're going to bump into barriers if, if, that is, uh, if you have that huge overarching thought going all the time break it down a little bit. Well, number five, if you are going to attract young adults in ministry and help them grow, it's going to be through mission and service. And I'm not exactly sure why this is the case, but I've experienced it over and over in work with Harvest Ministry, college mission trips and um, college serving teams. And maybe it's just the season of life that they need the hands-on kind of thing. They have more bandwidth in a lot of ways. They're Mostly, for the most part, as, as college students and young adults and later teenagers, they're not um, tied down to a, a home or a mortgage or a family or anything like that. All great things, but during that season of life, they're kind of uh, free from that. And as a result, they have time. And the connection in community is going to override a lot of things. They'll, they'll, they'll spend money they don't have to drive someplace to be with people and to be a part of something they really believe in. And they'll also make sure that they are 
doing something meaningful or fun or in community or with friends, even if it means sacrificing sleep or some other important aspects of life. It's such a draw. And so we need to create opportunities for these students to serve in mission and ministry. It's really the best way to invite young adults into the church. And millennials and probably Generation Z to have um, a desire to be involved in a hands-on way. They really do want to share God's love with their local communities. They want to see their faith in action. They don't want to just hold on to it. They want their money to go to something tangible, and they want to make sure their work and hours is going to something tangible. So we need to provide for ways that we are able to engage them in making a difference where they are. And one of the things I've noticed over the years is that we have a lot of young adults, probably disproportionate to the rest of the ministries in our church, we have a lot of young adults serving in tech and worship ministry. And part of that is because it is a hands-on endeavor during Sunday morning, during worship. People are helping with live stream or sound or drums or guitar or singing or, or um, video or camera, whatever it is, people that are in that age group are willing to do it. And I've seen it on a Texas spring break mission trip that we take every year with Epworth League and Ken Rangans out of uh, Sullivan, Wisconsin. And he spends three weeks in Texas just inviting college students to come. And they come in droves between 100 and 200 each of those weeks are there ready to serve, to be a part of the community and hanging out together. One other thing I observed with our harvest teams after about 350 college students have served with us and, and we've done this each summer for 28 years. One thing I observed is when we get back together as a group, it's always more rewarding in a sense to have a ministry to do. One time we got everybody together for a weekend reunion after a great summer of ministry. We kind of sat around, had meals and played games and it was fruitful and it was fun. But I kind of found myself and the others that weekend thinking, huh, what are we doing here this weekend? Is this worth it? But when I invite them to come be a part of some sort of event, to sing at an event, stay in a motel or drive to a certain place, it's like that ministry is great and the time together over meals and games at the motel or whatever else is, is uh, exponentially more effective and, and community-driven than just if we are getting together for that sole purpose alone. So at least for young adults, in my experience, they are going to be most attracted through mission and service. And so there's an opportunity for the church to open doors, to find those places, and to plug them in, and not to wait until they're ready. You're going to have a lot of mistakes, and you're going to have a lot of uh, flakiness in terms of schedules and commitment, but you plug them in, ready or not, in the ministries that they can do to serve through mission and service. And then this last one here, number six, an encouragement to help improve your ministry and your leadership and your work in life. We are not yet who God wants us to be. An old book I read by Craig Grissel, not, not that old, but probably 10 or 12 years ago, is a book called Alter Ego. And the premise of his book is really the, that statement, we are not yet who God wants us to be. And that is good news for you as a ministry leader, as a pastor or a church staff person. We're still growing. We're still being shaped. We're still being molded. And the awesome truth is, is that everything that happens to you up to this point in your life might be preparing you for a future challenge or opportunity that is greater than you can imagine. So we can't lose heart. We have to stay continuing on. Sometimes it feels like we're in the waiting room for quite a while, but we are there being prepared. Don't squander that time. Don't waste that time. Put that time to use of 
being faithful in your ministry role now, learning all you can, experiencing risk and failure, doing all the things that are going to help you to be ready when God calls. It was um, quite a while back that I was at a funeral of someone who had been known for years and years and decades, really, for their ministry, a particular ministry in a church. And one of the things that I reflected on was that um, it seemed to me that this person had done this particular ministry all their lives, when in reality, after hearing the obituary and some of the details shared about their life, they actually didn't even begin that ministry until they were 46 years old. Well, this funeral was about a time I was at 45 at the time. And, and after all the years I've invested in, in particular ministries of music and, and harvest ministry and, and student ministry and all these things, it sort of uh, was an overwhelming thought to me that what if the thing that I think I would be known for hasn't even started yet in my life? And so we have this opportunity to open our lives up to say, we are not yet who God wants us to be. We're being shaped and molded and will be until the end, until God calls us home. So we need to be open to that. We need to be praying for that. We need to be spending time in God's word and trusting that he is at work in us. So here are the six things, I guess, can't count very well today, but to um, improve and increase your ministry leadership, just a few random things from notes in my phone, like I said. Let me tell them to you again. Today, I want you to love your job. I want you to be bold in faith. I want you to pray for a supernatural and eternal focus. I want you to know that growth can't be the goal. Do the practical things that are going to bring about the overarching growth. I also want you to know that if we're going to attract the next generation, we're going to have to offer them opportunities for mission and service, and we're going to have to empower them to begin immediately. And the last thing is, and the good news is, that we are not yet who God wants us to be. God is still at work in you. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to experience his grace in my life. And I'm praying that for your life. Well, if you're serving a ministry and you've bumped into some of the barriers, even maybe some of them we've talked about, you might discover that a fresh perspective could be helpful. And though coaching calls can be a a long-term commitment, I've often found that just a phone call or two to bounce some ideas off of somebody who has removed from your church and your situation will really help give some fresh perspective and some new inspiration and maybe some thoughts or questions you haven't thought of before. So if you would like, I would love to um, connect with you. Here's how it works in a nutshell. You basically visit timpriceblog.com slash coaching. And we invite you to share your situation there in writing, kind of write up a little bit about it. Often that that's practically the most helpful thing in some ways. And then we set up a time to talk for 30 minutes or an hour. And then we send an invoice along to you or to your church and you can cover the cost. And, and part of that uh, invoice is basically to make sure that you are taking it seriously as will we. And so you can find out more about that at timpriceblog.com slash coaching. Would love to visit with you and share with you and help join you in this uh, mighty and awesome opportunity we have to help grow the church, to help build the church of God um, on the gifts that he's given us and the uh, the vision he's given us. So I'm thankful for each of those things and want to thank you again for being a part of the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. We most often put uh, a blog post out every Tuesday and sometimes other times, and then we try to put a podcast out a couple times a month on Tuesdays and We're looking forward to uh, staying in connection and being a part of ministry together. 
If you haven't yet, head over to timpriceblog.com. You can sign up there for uh, getting emails. And you can also visit our Facebook page, which is Tim Price blog as well. And on that Facebook page, kind of often unrelated to the blog post, sometimes it is, is just uh, other ways to comment and engage and be a part of the ministry with us. So until next time, praying for you and pray that you have a blessed day. Thanks. Harvest Ministry Teams, the sponsor of this podcast, has been in existence since 1996 with the mission to go out to sing, serve, and share the love of Christ and to raise up the next generation of ministry leaders and Christian disciples. In case you haven't experienced Harvest before, check out our music at harvestministryteams.com music. We have worship songs, kids songs, instrumental albums, and more on Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon. Thank you. Thank you.